welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the Six Again podcast. I've hit record this time and we are yeah, up and running. Flash. That wasn't Flash. Uh, welcome in. My name's Adam, the dude on the other end of the mic's Jared. How you doing, bud? Yeah, hopefully this works out. According to Adam, I keep sputtering out. If I keep sputtering out in an actual podcast, can someone message in, please, just so we know? Yeah, like the professional thing would be for us to listen back to double check. Can someone please message in? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got... A bunch of things to get through tonight. We have three more teams that will be doing our 1-17 to for round one. That's the Parramatta Eels, Penrith Panthers, and West Tigers. We have a slight rule tweak that we'll talk about. A couple of teams are doing fundraisers for Tonga throughout their trial matches in round one to help the country in any way that they can. And... Redcliffe are right in Melbourne. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. And we also have some background sort of profiles on three young Brisbane Broncos players. And we'll do a shout out to the Broncos club when we get to that. But first of all, uh, we want to let you guys know about our online merch store is up and running. So we'll be putting a link uh, in the bio for this episode. But basically, it's on a website called tpublic.com. It's called the Six Again Podcast Change Room because that's fitting, literally. And there's a whole range of merch up there available for you guys to have a look at and purchase if you'd like. T-shirts, hoodies, uh, mugs, stickers, onesies, uh, sweatshirts, all that sort of stuff. Um, It may expand in the future. And there's a sale on next Wednesday to Saturday. All merch is 35% off. So head on to tpublic.com. Like I said, the link will be in there if you want to help out the show and grab some 6CN merch. Cool. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, breaking news. And I this is Australia the year has actually been announced and it's that Dylan out Olcott, the um, tennis, player, tennis player who's in a wheelchair. He's, he's been, you know, won multiple Wimbledon's Australian Opens, he's been a heavyweight, he's done a lot of community work, that's really good year this year. There's no controversy around it, so fantastic. No, I like so, the chick who, um, was it Grace Tam? Going in, not smiling, shaking his hand, no. promised his hand, making it all tense, it was brilliant. But good on you, Dylan. Excellent work. Um, on to some more excellent work, so obviously... Tonga was hit from a tsunami, a bio-tsunami from an underwater volcano uh, this week. And in order to help out Tonga, the NRL has jumped on board. So preseason trial game between the Storm and the Warriors has a monic underneath it called Unite for Tonga. So when tickets go on sale via Ticketmaster on Friday, members and fans who purchase those tickets will be able to make a direct donation via the purchasing process. There'll also be a bunch of other initiatives that will come on board in the coming weeks that fans and players can um, help out through. And because Tonga has such a rich number of players in the NRL, you'd expect that there's going to be a bunch of 
things popping up all over the place. Uh, Tony Staggs, for example, will be auctioning off his jersey and boots that he wears in round one against the Rabbitohs to help raise funds. And Tessie Niu and Deleuze Hoyter from the Broncos are also doing similar donations, basically. So keep an eye out for that sort of stuff. If you want to grab some NRL memorabilia, if you want to donate, head on to the NRL.com website, Brisbane Broncos website, Storm or Warriors. They all have links available um, to help us unite for Tonga. Anything from you, Jared? No, it'd be, yeah, it'd be good. Um, horrible over at Tonga. So if such a charity, as Adam said, the NRL is definitely going to get on board with it and good on them. 100%. That's only a trial game. All right, on to some... More positive news. So I can't even remember when we talked about this, but Dean Witters is Indigenous Welfare Officer for the NRL. And he was basically the brains behind the unity dance that the Indigenous All-Stars perform. There was actually a documentary with regards to the making of this dance, how it originated. And the premiere of that is actually going to be on January 26th or Australia Day on SBS and NITV. It's called Aratika Rise Up. I'm 100% butchered that. And I apologize already. Includes Adam Goods, Mike O'Loughlin, Dean Witters, of course, Cody Walker, George Rose. So it's all about the origins of the dance itself. Um, before we see it performed, obviously, before the Indigenous All-Stars take on the Maori All-Stars yeah. on the, was that 12th of Feb? Yeah, yeah it's generally on, a, on my birthday, actually, every year. There so it's, it's a really, it's going to be really insightful because of the people on it. Um, because, you know, you've got Adam Goods, Dean Witters, very, very strong ties to the Indigenous in Australia, very strong representative for the Indigenous um, sporting community part of a wider community so it'll actually be very interesting to watch um gain some knowledge and gain a bit of you know respect for the history of indigenous culture of australia which and how it links to their to those individual participants um sporting and um, personal lives how they let them influence their actions on, on and off the field Peter Volandis has again tweaked the six again rule. Oh, we're jumping. We're turning subjects. Cool. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so from now on, all offsides, when the um, team in possession is within their own 40 metres, so coming out of their own half in their 40, instead of the six again, it will be a penalty, kick the touch, or if they want to have a pair of balls on them, Penalty goal, um, go for that. Look, there is a lot of ways around it. My first thought was, um, you know, someone's not square mark, technically offside, but they're not, it's still a different rule. So that won't be fixed again. I know Adam has some very specific thoughts on this. He is not a fan, but I think the overarch of it is that if you're in your 40, you should get the penalty instead of six again, no matter what. I think that that's bottom line when it comes down, but Adam has a more, bit more specific, specificity for you, whatever that word is. I butchered that one too. Yeah, so they said basically the quote is, the only rule change they're going to make is that when you're inside your own 40-metre line, a defensive team is offside, it won't be six again, it will be a penalty. And 
the reason why this is coming in is because last year teams would rush off offside and make a tackle. They'd give away six again on purpose in order for their defensive line to get set. Now, you have to be a genius to work out that you don't just have to sprint up offside to be able to slow or play the ball down to give away six again to get your defense line set. The first tackle, the tackler can just stay on for longer on the ground past the held call. They can put their hand on the ball when the player's trying to get up to play it. You can be, like I said, not square at marker. There's a whole bunch of different ways to give away an extra six again if you want your defensive line to be set. So with this much thought and time since the end of the season to now, I was hoping for maybe for something a bit more... Uh, in depth. In depth, yeah. This, Solid. Is, this, this is like a big... This To me... You've got a bucket with like six holes in it, and they've like trying to plug it with blue tack instead of just getting a new bucket. Um, so, yeah, and like one of the things that we because I think we spent a whole episode last year just on the rule changes they brought in, oh, and yeah. one of the things, well, <laughs> we spent a lot of arguing about it throughout the year too. But one of the things that we did say there was a big point of it that every time the new rule change. Coaches find a way to exploit it straight away. Yeah, like they, they just rip it apart every single time. So, and the teams that utilize it the best usually are the cops. They, you know, Penrith, Melbourne, they were very good at exploiting the six again, and they didn't give many away, which is awesome. The thing about that is that if me and Adam, who are not professional coaches, who just talk shit on a podcast, can rip it apart that easily. How do you reckon Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett, oh, he's not coaching, but, you know, Ivan Cleary, Trent Robinson, like the big thinkers of the game, they're going to be able to do it in a more of an intricate way than we are. Like, they, they're just going to, and it's just, yep. it's just like they're, like I have a lot of time for Peter Vlenny's, you know, I we, we the whole NRL community owes him a lot for the 100%. COVID situation, all that. Just stay away but, from the game itself. Yeah, exactly. I, I argued a fair amount with Adam about it, and I, I, I agree to a point that he should get a say, but I want to know who came up with this, and I want to know how much they're not thinking about the game. Oh, I can like, see I'm, already here a Kieran coming in and doing our preseason bets as he does each season. How many of the, uh, what's it called, ruck infringements are going to be penalties yeah. instead of 60 ends before well, the end of the season? Another thing about it is that and this isn't going to be, everyone's going to hate this comment, but. Cool. Do it anyway. Well, a lot of people argue about the fact what Phil Gould says, right? If he was in that meeting room when this rule has been discussed, this would not have happened. Just because no matter what you say about Phil Gould, he, he goes all in. So he would have said every, every six again. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have just, as Adam said, try to fill up a butter hole in a bucket with blue tack. Yeah, like I have no he, idea where that metaphor came from. It's just... Yeah, I know. No. I, I'm, I'm usually coming up with those, but that's my point. Like, you had Phil Gould, Trent Robinson, Wayne Bennett, you know, yeah. Ivory, all these guys in the room. It, by the sounds of it, this rule's not run through every channel that they supposedly run through rule changes with. Yeah. Because supposedly they get like a representative for every faction of the game in a in a meeting room. And if that's the case, this rule was just talked about in the fucking broom closet at NRL headquarters and go, oh, 
We'll do that one. All right. <laughs> Jeez, you know. I'm, I'm going to stick with my bucket and blue tape. You can go with your broom cupboard. Um, my well, my well, biggest look, issue with the six again is still, is still this. What? <laughs> I don't even know. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> my biggest issue with it is still mate. the same issue when it came out in that when you're in the attacking half and they give away a penalty and you get six again, but you kind of want to take the shot at goal, whether it's nil all or you're behind by a point or behind by two. I'm thinking back to the Melbourne Penrith uh, finals game last year, which is separated by like, two points and how many six against we're given away in that. Um, but that's the point of that. They're kind of, they're trying to lean away from that for that reason. That's such an they're, important part of the game. It's it tactical. was. It, you know, I'm not saying it's not, but that's what they try to get away from. The, you, the rugby reckon, union penalty shootout. Yeah, no, do you reckon anyone will ever be able to catch Thurston, Johns, El Masri, whatever again, considering there's, say, two, beat them. two to six points a game that aren't on offer anymore? Croker will beat them. He's only not 29. With his, not with his previous six. injury. Oh, he's only been injured for the last 18 months. He'll beat him. He'll, he'll yeah, I'm just saying, like, you, you, well. you look at how many extra points you'd get by the end of the season just through penalty goals. It might not be oh, a, yeah. a whole lot, but it could be, like, 50 points. Yeah, and that that's right. But, you know, no record of injury John should be beaten. So the respect is there. He's not there anymore, record-wise. <laughs> no, no. I think I'm passing now. Okay, so... Heading on, um, James Tedesco and Jessica Sergis have helped launch the start of the New South Wales Rugby League footy season. This is huge considering how much footy was missed out on over the last couple of seasons at all levels, except for pretty much NRL. So basically it's a, guys, we're back. All our comps are back. Get down to your local clubs, sign up, get down to training, have a crack playing rugby league. And if you head to nrl.com, there's a link on the page, it's got James Tedesco's big head on it, um, where to sign up and how to sign up in your local region. So this is covering all things. And you might've seen the ads start coming up on KO or Fox or free to air with regards to blues tag, which is non-tackle tr- traditional tackle rugby league, touch football, tri league for culturally and linguistically diverse communities, wheelchair rugby league and physical disability rugby league. So there's links for all of those competitions for New South Wales, and I expect the Queensland one to be coming up pretty. What are you gonna have, Cherry and Ali Brigandville year? Oh, that'd be cool. All righty. Yeah. Um, that's everything I've got with regards to news. We might do a quick rundown of signings uh, before we yeah. jump into our little Brisbane Broncos feature here. Yeah. So the big news coming out is. Um, I, I actually love it. I reckon it's so so much fun. So for the last what six weeks since the Redcliffe Dolphins have been announced as the new team in twenty twenty three, all the media run around and go, "Oh, they're they're way behind." They even got a talent scout who's probably thrown out of the building from a team because he couldn't scout anyone. Come out and say that they're well behind the clock and they're not going to get signed anyone, and then. A couple of weeks ago, they just casually signed. Who did they sign? Felice Cafusi out of the blue. No, no media expected that one. And then this week, same headlines, and they go, "Oh, new big signing now." So I'm like, "Oh, who, who is this for Redcliffe? Fucking Jesse Bromwich signs with 
um, Redcliffe. So that, that that is two monstrous signings. And then they, the next day they pull out the the hero, the six again podcast hero himself, of Darren Mark Nichols. Absolute. They're going to have a great Ford pack next year. And then it was actually funny because I I felt a bit disappointed in myself. I thought I was going to think of it. But the next one on the block is probably going to be Kenny Bromwich, yeah. Jesse Bromwich, Jesse's younger brother. And I was, I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, how, why wouldn't he go? And then um, he has a player option in his favour for, um, for Melbourne. So he is technically allowed to negotiate with current clubs, uh, new clubs right now. So right now you have their four-pack, Mark Nichols, Jesse Bromwich and Felice Cafusi. That's a good basis and Ray for a Ford pack. And Ray Stone. But the question is, as always, is I hope they're not signing these blokes for overs just because in a few years' time, Wayne Bennett retires or dies, he will be, you know, Redcliffe will be pulling the, pull, well, pulling what Newcastle went through, what yes. Broncos went through for a few years. But that's, that's, we won't find out that for five years. So, yes. On the flip side, so Nichols is a Broncos, deal worth five hundred grand for the two years, so it was about two fifty a year, two hundred fifty grand each. Yeah, yeah right. There. On the flip side, um, Broncos are very, very shitty. One said the Broncos Queensland are very, very shitty, but if you read into it properly, it's not that bad. Well, not not bad as one sort. So Jack Howarth, Jack Howarth. 192 centimetre, 110 kilo, run 100 in about 10 seconds, has signed, has supposedly only just signed with Melbourne Storm. Um, big hitter in the local Brisbane Union comp, very big features on him, had uh, played in Australian schoolboys with current NRL superstars like Harrod, um, Tibau Fidel and all these kind of players. Um, the headline read, and this is where the media is all kinds of fucked up, because I recognise the name straight away, the Bronco, uh, Melbourne Snare, Broncos local junior talent, because he's a he's yeah. a local boy. Turns out he's been training with the Broncos preseason for the last four years playing for the Falcons. So shut the fuck up, Fox Sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but that, that on the... On Was that the James Cooper article? Oh, it's... Yeah, could have been. I almost clicked um, on that. I saw, oh, this could be, oh, no, James Hooper wrote it. It's going to be horrible. Yeah. Um, so when you see someone like that go to Melbourne, you're like, one, he's got pedigree, and two, he's going to be half decent because they don't recruit slouches down there. Yeah. But on the other hand, good on Redcliffe for picking up a few pretty solid players. Um, and I'm hoping to see more coming soon. Yeah, it's the, they're forming a very um, tough, That's a help. we'll say, forward pack. No real explosivity and could still struggle getting the ball up the field um, at times, but a very tough, um, hard-working forward pack. Uncompromising. So Uncompromising. That's a good word. Uh, yeah, so George Illawarra have announced a contract upgrade and extension of Tyrell Sloan, finally, till the end of 2024. And I can um, confirm when that got released, Will, uh, not, uh, Wally... Made a mess in his pants. Yes, it was pretty stoked. Um, so lock him in for fullback round one for the Dragons. Now I've said that won't happen. Uh, Dragons have also confirmed the signing of North Devils winner Jonathan Rubin on a development deal um, to take oh. Sloan's position uh, in the development. That, yeah. So 
Everyone doesn't know who John O'Ruben was. He's bounced around a few Q Cup clubs, but he's been the highest try scorer yeah. in Q Cup for about two or three years in a row. And wherever he goes, well, sorry, the last two clubs he's gone to um, has made the grand final. So Sunny Coast Falcons, where he got um, top try scorer on the wing for them in the centres, they lost the grand final in that super year they had. And then and last year, North Devils, he was a top try scorer in the whole Q Cup. So it's actually quite surprising you get picked up early, but that's a big signing for St. George and a really strong depth sign. So look out for him. And talking about depth signings, Cowboys have announced the signing of Brendan Elliott for a one-year deal for the 2022 oh, really? season. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit confused with this one considering how many options the Cowboys already have in their outside backs. So he's just spent the last 12 months with Lee Centurions after having time at Manly, uh, Roosters, Knights. Gold Coast. Oh, yeah, geez. Um, I don't remember and, being at Roosters, though. Oh, maybe I'll see in the Knights, same colours. Um, considering he's only played 66 games in the NRL. So he's, he's bounced around quite a lot, but the Cowboys have picked him up uh, for the 2022 season for a bit of depth there. Definitely should help out, especially around origin time, if all their players... Say, I can players think of about should. four other clubs who need an outside back. Yes. And yeah. we may Including even look Manly. at a couple... Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Jesus. All righty. Um, any other signings there? No, 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 no. NRLW signings. Um, what do we got here? Um, Brisbane Broncos only have two spots left on their roster after picking up England prop Roxy Murdoch and former rugby sevens back Heiger Mosby. And the Tynes have secured a queue. Um, Avania Polite joining the club as well. Another rugby seven star there. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. It hasn't been a hell of a lot going on with regards to signings. All right, that'll take us through to our feature uh, for tonight's episode. Okay, so we've been talking for a couple episodes about, well, a couple of episodes, a fair few episodes about trying to reach out to clubs to bring you guys some features on young talent at your NRL clubs. And I want to shout out to Alex Corvo, a huge thank you. Um, he's part of the talent identification and development squad at the Brisbane Broncos. And I was lucky enough to have a chat with him, what, late last week um, for a good half hour or so and talked about a, a bunch of young players at the Broncos. And we looked at things, the questions that I pretty much posed to him were, what are the outstanding features of this player? How have they got this far? And what are they going to showcase at NRL level if they get there? What areas of their game they still need to work on? obviously, and what are NRL fans or rugby league fans going to expect from this play when they watch him? And he gave me a list of players that he thought fit that bill. I picked two that are well enough known in Queensland, maybe not so much in New South Wales, and then a bit more of an unknown sort of player who whose talent looks like it could um, definitely be sky high. And if you're a Brisbane Broncos fan, you should be pretty damn excited about your back line for the next, say, three to five, six years uh, with a couple of these guys coming through. So, yeah, another just a big shout out to Alex Corvo and 
but awesome, awesome information that he uh, provided me with. So where are we going to start, Jared, in the forwards or the backs? I'll start, start on the, start on the, the known and then we'll get on to the unknown at the end. Okay. So I'm very excited about it's unknown. So first name um, that Alex had on his list was Xavier Wilson and he made his NRL debut last year. And, but we haven't quite seen probably enough of him to really have a full idea of what sort of player he is, unless you're already watching in Q Cup. So Xavier I Wilson, have, and he's a pain house clone. It's awesome. Yes. He's a prop back row, uh, stands about six foot four, um, and is a 60 to 80 minute player. So he's got an engine. And that was one of the things that... Alex really pushed the fact that he's got high amounts of work ethic, um, a huge motor, he's a physical presence, um, and you combine that with athleticism. And he was reeling off all this. And I said, so basically, you're talking about Payne Haas light at this stage, um, only because Payne had already made a, a debut and just knocked the door down. Um, and I'm listening to this going, it's getting me excited and he doesn't even play for my club. If I'm thinking of this sort of prop partnership two, three years down the track uh, with Payne Haas continuing to develop and then this guy coming into his own as well. And I was like, well, man, this sounds like he's ready already. And we saw him coming off the bench for the Broncos late last season. <clears throat> I said, so what does he need to continue to do in his development to become an NRL regular? So the starting prop for the Broncos. And it was quite, I guess it was surprising based on what he'd already said, but it still made sense at the same time. Um, he needs to work on his upper body strength and his physical resilience. So while he's got the high motor and the high work ethic, it's the ability to play at his high level consistently for the whole game and then be able to back it up the next week and the next week. And that's why we see props take longer to develop generally because of the high amounts of physical impact that they have to go through. And he said, well, the, the heights there and all that sort of stuff, it's just his body maturing, strengthening, hardening up, all that sort of stuff. But if you're a Broncos fan, then definitely Xavier Wilson is one to look out for. And he should be consistently um, on the Broncos, within the Broncos squad for this whole season. Otherwise, he will be playing in the Q Cup. I didn't check what feeder club he would be North for. North Devils. Yeah. Cool. Nah, he, 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 he'll get Wilson a run. Garrett. Yeah, he'll get a run. He he is got so moving forward. He he was the reason they felt comfortable to let the Fords they let go last year. You know, for, well, they weren't really happy with letting them go, but he was the reason they were able to come because they had him, you know, Flegler carry coming through with Payne Haas there. He'll, him and Payne Haas um, will be the next, uh, you know, props Broncos build their team around. And they'll be very, very influential in the next 10 or so years with those blokes around. Um, and let's just hope that he gets a better introduction to the NRL than Payne Haas did. Because Payne Haas was just gone. Debut, okay, you're the head of the forward pack now because no one else is stepping up. Um, hopefully, Willis gets a bit more of a 
a softer introduction to the NRL. Um, he's already proven him he can handle it, but he shouldn't have had to at such a young age, whereas Xavier Wilson hopefully has someone in his corner that's going, mate, it's all right, you know, keep going fine um, when stuff goes So, but, but yeah, he will be a cornerstone of this program for a long time from what I've seen of him. He's a very strong player. Yeah, 100%. And what's going to make his transition even easier is the fact that Payne Haas has been there and done that, like you said, in a harder situation. So he's obviously going to be able to help him out there. All righty. Um, moving on to the back. So just having a look here. Xavier played rounds 20, 21 and 22 last year. Um, 14 minutes, 17 minutes and 17 minutes. So <clears throat> looking to improve on that this year with regards to time on field. Uh, the second player, probably um, someone that, like I said, a lot of players, players, a lot of listeners and fans of rugby league in Southeast Queensland will know, Selwyn Cobbo, who is an outside back, um, mainly centre. He's, all right, when, when I said, all right, what, what does he, what does he have? What, do, what are we going to see when we watch this guy on the field? And I just stop Alex because he just kept reeling things off. So agility, hands, X factor, uh, ability to break tackles. He's got great hands and he's elusive. So you combine all that sort of stuff together. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that sounds pretty um pretty decent. Missing maybe one thing a lot of centers don't have in the NRL right now, which is just out and out speed. But who's the center that comes to your mind when you hear agility, hands, X factor, breaks tackles, oh, elusiveness? Sorry, Mitchell. Yeah, Latrell Mitchell. That's the same person yeah. I was thinking of when he when he ran through. Yeah. Sort of so uh, we we touched on this a bit last week with our preview or two weeks ago with our preview of the Broncos. The only thing we could say there is. Like this guy has got everything going for him. It's exactly the same as Wilson. He can't be just gone. Here's the ball, win us game. So I said he he, he starts and he is a center. Put him on the wing for a year. Just get him used to. That's what they did to Greg Inglis. That's what they did to Israel Falau. Um, and he, by all reports, this Luke bloke Lewis. has to be. Sorry. That's what they did with Luke Lewis. Still one of my favorite players ever. But um, it, a lot of teams these days find this young, prodigious, prodigious talent. And there's so many examples. Kalen Ponger, Reese Walsh, Kyle Flanagan. Um, this, this, this list off one in every team moving forward. Um that they put him on there and because they hand him the keys, but because the, what pressure comes with hand, having the keys to the team, it, it stunts their growth. So I really hope these young absolute superstars and potential don't get their growth stunted by having the expectation of the entire team on their back. That's he's one thing so the Broncos good. don't have is expectation. Not from the outside. <laughs> Nah, but he's so good. Like, this guy, you can't say enough about him. He has that much potential. And the debut he had, I'm pretty sure he scored an intercept. And did you say he wasn't quick? 
Oh, like out and out speed. Oh, okay. So he's, so he's not James Roberts quick, no. but he's quick enough to handle his own. Yes, definitely. Like Matt Cooper was not excessively quick, but he was a very good player in the centers. Yes. I also wouldn't say he had X factor or elusiveness. Um, so let's talk to Alex. What's going to stop him making a debut in round one? And so I had him in, I said, I've got him in my one to 17. Unfortunately, he suffered an injury already in preseason and ah. as well as having illness. So he's not going to be in shape for round one, most likely. And that kind of combines with the things that he still needs to work on in his game, which is consistency and mental focus. So drifting in and out of games, again, Latrell Mitchell, when he was... Yeah, I was going to say, Jesus Christ. And so he's like, he does, he doesn't go looking for the ball, which is something I brought up. Is I said, is he a, a center who'll stay back, wait for his opportunity, and when he gets the ball, he'll take it? Or is he going to go in looking for work? So now that's something he needs to do more of and just continually work on his physical... Um, makeup basically so his ability to be fit enough to play at his top level throughout an entire game so during the week outside of training sessions it's just building that uh, knowledge i guess of his own body being able to prepare it properly so he stays in his peak physical shape throughout the whole season because the talent is there the skills are there Uh, he's tall lean dynamic all the things that you want. Um, I'm starting to even think of Stephen Crichton sort of makeup. So a huge, I was thinking already of a sell on Cobo, Katoni Stag center partnership going, hell yes. Yeah. If that's my team, I am freaking stoked. Unfortunately, it's not, but Brisbane Broncos fans, like I said next few years, hell yes. Okay. So they're the two more known names. Now I said, can you throw one at me, Alex? It's someone that 98%, 99% of fans haven't heard of. And he said, Dean Mariner. And I went, who the hell is that? Because I definitely never heard of him. So he's still at school or just finished school last year. Uh, a centre. Played in the Mal Meninga Cup. Uh, Kibra Park was in the winning high school, uh, winning Queensland high school team. Um, at the state rugby league championships and was named the state carnival player. So if you're named the player of the state championships and you're a center, um, you must have a hell of a lot about you because center's not really the most, what's the word I'm looking for here? No, um, well, you got to be top the, Yeah, it's not the Hollywood position. You don't get a lot of applause, I guess. And, um, a lot of focus from the fans. It's usually, yeah, like Jared said, your fullbacks, your halves, your edge second rowers. So I said, what has this guy got that enabled him to win a state carnival player of the tournament? And this is where I got like really excited because it, the first thing he said was pace. He's super quick. Like one of the quickest he's seen. Um, and I went, well, that's already rare for a center. It's just that out and out, out and out speed. And he said he's also very elusive, um, very powerfully built, and is a has a unrivaled ability to break tackles. So I went. So you're basically saying it's Bradman Best crossed with 
what James Roberts or someone like that, just speed to burn, but is powerfully built and can break tackles. I went, yeah, that kind of sounds scary. Um, he's a finisher more so than a creator. Mm, so, likes to, so it likes to receive the ball at speed and uses that then to literally demolish people. Oh. And yeah. he definitely needs to develop defensively with regards to positioning, communication, uh, reading the play, all that sort of stuff that makes center a, a, a like I said, it's a tough position because if you make a mistake, everyone remembers a mistake. If you do something good, it's because you've drawn and passed and set up the winger who gets all yeah. the highlights. So that area of the game, obviously, as a high school kid, still has a lot to develop but he said this is um yeah definitely a name to keep an eye on in the coming years yeah the, the only thing that concerns me there is the creativity side of things like a lot of young centers come in a lot of young players coming in a row not overly strong defensively if you remember the toyota cup when it was back or the holding cup or whatever you want to call it back when it there was Nothing to see, like, it's not rare to see 70, 80 points scored in a game because all the young fellas could attack. Mm-hmm. Defensively, there was a pretty, it was pretty lacking. Um, but as you said, he's in high school. But if, if you're not creative and you rely on running people over, um, that's something he's definitely going to have to pick up on just because he might even, for that reason, be pushed on the wing just so he could run over people and use his speed because centre for me is one of the hardest and biggest linchpin in competition because as Adam said, if you're that last pass for a, for an outside try, uh, outside um, a backline setup, sorry, and you're not making the correct decision in that situation, um, feet, and this is the only time I'm ever going to compliment him, Darius Boyd, nine out of ten time turn. Nine out of time, nine out of ten times, made the right decision when he done that sweet play at fullback. He made, he done it right. If you, you're not making that right decision, if you, you're doing the last pass to your winger, if you run, you hold, you draw and pass, or you pass early, that's going to be a big issue. And I think creativity is harder to teach in the NRL game in the NRL level than defense. So yeah, maybe but- he. We're also saying that he's not going to be playing Broncos for another season. No, no two, but, but that's my point. Least. But that's my point. Creativity is harder to teach him defensive techniques. Like the, they can teach him defense, and people around him can, you know, make the calls for what he does in the mm. NRL when it's so structured. If he's not creating in attack, that's not something that can be taught. That's yeah, something that's. Right. Well, no, no, you look I agree. At the better, I agree. I agree. You look at the best centers like Patrol Mitchell. That's all instinct. <laughs> can't do that. You can't train for that shit. Remember Jamie um, Lyon in the centers, like playing five eight helped with that as well. But he could see stuff, shift the ball to one hand, dummy yeah. pass inside. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, and um, this isn't a crack. This is saying maybe he's better suited on the wing in the NRL for those reasons. Yeah, it could um, be. We're, we're a long way away from that. If yeah. he's a finisher who's got speed to burn and he runs over people, that's a pretty good winger in my book. Yeah, so I just um, brought up some extra information here. So he started at centre for Tweed Heads in the Mal Meninga Cup 
last year, which was scratched after two games. So he wrapped back around with them this year. Um, then he was named at centre for the Australian schoolboys team. And like we said earlier, played a leading role in the Queensland schoolboy championship. I said Kibra Park, that's my mistake. It was Palm Beach Corumban. And they won the state chance with a 62-0 victory over St. Brennan's College. So um, just having a look at some of the highlights from that tournament right now. And yeah, that pretty much matches up exactly with what Alex said. <laughs> so if you're looking at a Broncos back line, say, what, three years from now, so 2025, uh, with Selwyn Cobo, Dean Mariner, uh, Katoni Staggs, Maybe um, who else is in there now? Jesse Arthur's, Herbie Farnworth. Yeah, uh, it's a it. pretty quick, agile, big, talented backline. So if you're a if you're a Broncos fan, you'll be seeing Xavier Wilson, Selwyn Cobo. I'd say in Broncos colours at points through the season. Um, if they're not there, make sure you're watching your Q Cup games uh, to see these guys and. Dean Mariner's on a development contract deal. So more so the younger grades, although he may pop his head into Q Cup through the season as well. Well, there you go. Broncos fans, as the more we get back from other clubs, um, we'll continue to do this feature. So moving on to the last part of the show, our one of 17s for the West Tigers, Penrith Panthers and Parramatta Eels to wrap up this episode. Where do you want to start, Jared? Uh, um, you go your para team because I've got something interesting to throw out to you about them. Oh, we're going to start with Parramatta. Okay, the last one I did, so it's going to be further along. Okay, Parramatta Eels. So 2021, they finished in sixth position, 32 points, 15 wins, nine losses. Um, pretty healthy for and against of 109. The... Started red hot, cooled off, and then we're kind of up and down for the rest of the season. And yeah, they lasted what a week into the finals. It was Eels versus Knights uh, in the elimination. Yeah, they beat Newcastle and they lost the next round. Yeah. So yeah, obviously looking to better that coming into 2022. So if we go through their uh, gains and losses over the offseason. So they've picked up Mitch Rain from the Titans, Bailey Simonson um, from the Canberra Raiders, and Josh yeah. Tui Pelotu as well. They've lost Blake Ferguson, released Keegan Hipgrave, retired Sam Hughes, released Joey Lustick to St. Helens, Michael Oldfield, released, and Will Smith to Gold Coast Titans. All righty. So Oh, and they're still coached by Brad Arthur. So the Wonders 17. Um, Mike Acevo is out injured till halfway through the season. Um, so he wasn't up for selection. Uh, but Bailey Simonson kind of comes in to take that position. He's there this season, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, just double checking. Good. Because he's not on the actual Parramatta page, which is quite funny. Um, I'm just going through and double checking. He's definitely not there. Yeah, ouch. Um, I got fullback Gutherson on the wings, Hayes Dunster and Wunga Blake. Uh, in the centres, I went Will Panasini and Tom Opachet. In the halves, Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, prop 
Campbell Gillard and Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie at dummy half or hooker, Isaiah Papalihi, Murata Niakore at second row, and Nathan Brown at lock. Now, Niakore is suspended for round one, um, but it's only round one, so I put him in there anyway. So my bench is Oregon Kafusi, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, and Ray Stone. And my 18th man is Makishi Makatoa. So for round one, I've just moved Sean Lane into starting second row and Makatoa onto the bench. Okay. Um, gonna... Like I said, Sorry. I did pick that team without thinking of Simonson because he wasn't on the Parramatta page, which is where I was looking at it. And looking at it now, yeah, I... I no, I'd give this team a crack anyway, I think. Uh, I think just yeah. Wonga Blake's defensive deficiencies are too much for this team. Um, but they also don't have a lot of size in that back line, especially without Sevo there. So he still needs to be there. So I still want to keep him on the wing. In saying that, I can obviously see a reality with Wonga Blake at centre and Simonson on the wing and Opacek missing out. Yeah, I got, um, I got a few... But for once, they've got, got some options. I've got Gufferson at fullback. We all know what I think of Gufferson. I'm not the biggest fan, but he is going to be their fullback. Um, you know, as you said, Sebo is injured, but he is their, he is their best yeah. winger. So he'll start when he comes back. But I've, I've got Blake on the wing with Simonson. I think that Simonson and Sebo will be their wingers moving forward. Penasini, Opacic in the centres, Moses, Brown, Paulo, Marnie, RCG. Um, I've got Maddo at second row with mm-hmm. Papalei and Brown running out the back row. It's, it's, it's a good mix of aggressiveness, um, one percenters and flair of all three of them. I think that's a really good mix. And stupidity with Nathan Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Stone, Oregon Confucius, Sean Lane, and Murata Niakora. I think that's a good balance because Niakora can play literally from number one to seven, eight, number one to thirteen. So, so I think we had the same it. seventeen players. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I had Dunster. You you didn't have Dunster. Yeah, I don't like Dunster. I can't get my head around Dunster. But um, it'd be interesting what you think of this. So I was talking to Billy about it. Most unbiased Billy's man Jared. in the league brother who's yeah completely unbiased but he he threw up an interesting thing if they found a decent six he'd actually like dylan brown to move to center and i was sitting there and originally i just went nah no way that's crap but more you think about it i wouldn't do it more you think about it it could work potentially so my biggest thing against it was that um, defensive capability. Well, he made 604 tackles last year. Well, at an efficiency of 96%. Yes. And the year before that, he had 95%. Nine, the year before that, in his one of his first big years, he had 93, 2% or something like that. So, and he played he, every second of every game yeah, this year. He's quick. He's not relied upon to do all their ball playing. And yeah, he's defensive and he can create a lot. And he's just so, not the real more, big. Well, see, that's what I threw my suggestion up for him because I'm not the biggest fan of Dylan Brown in there, but he could handle it with his attributes. I threw Clint Gufson in the centers and Dylan Brown at fullback because that way he's quick enough 
He can chime in when he needs to. He's an extra kicking option. And he's got a ball playing. And he, he and his predominant role is to run the ball. He's a better runner than both these halves, Moses and Brown, are better runners. All this becomes irrelevant unless they get a decent five eight to come through the books. And I don't think Jacob, Jacob Arthur is up to scratch to feel no. to cover this massive position shift. But if I put if you had a six, Dylan Brown at fullback, Mike Acevo, uh, Clint Gufferson, Will Panasini, Bailey Simonson, that's not bad. I don't I, I don't mind that back five. They they do have Waze Perham now that they got from the Warriors, who's listed as a 5A, but very untried uh, still at NRL level. Yeah, look, it's it's a risk. And reality of it is you wouldn't think to break up this halves pairing of Brown and Moses because they are so young, they're growing together. But the more I thought about it and looked up Dylan Brown's stats and his highlights, I'm like, you know what? it wouldn't be a bad idea for a bit of a change-up. You know what I mean? And Yeah, Gutherson played centre at Manly when he was there because um, Stuart was still there, I'm pretty sure. He played centre for New South Wales too. That was brilliant for Queenslanders. Took um, a path, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I prefer the Brown at fullback, Gutherson to centre rather than the other way around. Um, but, yeah, um, it was yeah, the most... Wouldn't be the worst about in the world. Most... Like it, it actually, I I didn't just blow it off from. Oh, I did originally, but that's because it's Billy. But no, I didn't just. I the, I thought about it the day after when usually with Billy, you're like, Haha, no, and just keep walking. Yeah. But yeah, no, this was interesting. I tell you what, they added this whole Parramatta lineup. Um, the player I'm most excited to watch again this year was Will is Will Penasini. I, I love what yeah. I saw from him last year. Yeah. Um, in the latter half of the season, and. I was a big fan of this guy, mainly because of fantasy. <clears throat> I didn't really like how he played the game. Sorry, I did like the way he played the game, but not how it's kind of devolved, which is who is Nathan Brown. And I love the aggression and how he just run the ball hard, find his front and get I'm up. And I just found the last season, season and a half, he's just brought stupidity into his game like dumb decisions giving away bad penalties dropping the ball he had a new south wales jersey like almost sewn up before the season started and last year no two years ago when they lost that show yeah but like he's a pure origin style player but it it, i don't know what happened it was like a brain snap that lasted 18 months so if he can get back on track um He's so valuable to that team. I'm, I'm my next my what I'm curious about is Papalihi. So going back a bit of his, his history was that everyone in the world or NRL world saw how talented this bloke was at the Warriors back in back when he played for them, except for the coach or the coaching. So I don't know what the hell the deal. Like no one, and then they let him go for chips, nothing at Para. And he came out last year and has literally just proved everyone right. All the punters right about how good this bloke was. Got a Dally M award and stuff like that. Did he get second row of the year or buyer of the year or something like that? I don't know. And for me, he played like he was proving people wrong. 
like, or proving the Warriors wrong. I don't know. Like, he came out and every little scrap he dived on, every he didn't, didn't miss tackles. And it was like someone's got a bit of a, hey, I don't know if it's a, the word is a chip on his shoulder or what, but he just seemed like he had something to prove, which is, and he did it. He proved it. Well, sorry, proved the Warriors organization wrong, para. And the biggest story about this bloke last year that he was on, you know, the minimum contract he could be on, but he's been such a buy for Parramatta and all this kind of stuff. He just signed a very lucrative deal, long-term deal with the Tigers for a lot of money. I really hope he doesn't think he's proven everyone wrong and he consistently holds his head up or holds his standard game standard up the next couple of years because he, he as I said, he doesn't have to prove he's earned the respect of well, the Warriors and everyone else by his ability. But another thing, going to the Tigers, I've seen a lot of quality players go downhill very quickly at the Tigers. That's so I hope he's not challenge. one of them. Um, the next one I want to say is, fuck, I'm sick of this team being very good on paper and then shit when it comes to the finals yeah. for so back of the season. Where have you got him in your bracket? Bottom half of the top four, so between five and eight. Bottom half of the top eight. Oh, top, top eight, sorry. Yeah, me yeah, too. Five, five to eight. eight. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Tigers. We'll keep the Premiers for last in this uh, session here. So, West Tigers... Uh, where are they? I've got to get my right screen up. Finished last season in 13th position, 20 or 18 wins, eight losses. No, that doesn't sound right. 18 points. Bloody hell. Eight wins, 16 losses. My ladder had skits out for a second then. Um, with a points differential of minus 214. Uh, the third worst defense in the league. Uh, while scoring more points than anyone else in the bottom eight, except for the Sharks, who scored 20 points more than that. Actually scored more points than Newcastle did, who finished in the eight. How often do you have to bring that up? We made the eight. Get over it. No, I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, their away form was better than their home form. Uh, three and nine at home, five and seven away. But all in all, a pretty disappointing season with some... Decent showings here and there. Now, with regards to the Tigers, they've got a few injuries to deal with. So Adam Dewey is out till uh, looks like halfway through the season. Asakapoa was going to be back from an ACL, but has just ruptured his pec and will have to have surgery. Oh, that occurred this week. So that's going to uh, make things a bit tougher because I had him penciled in as well. Um. Yeah, and that's all okay. with regards to injuries, uh, ins and outs. So Oliver Gildart from Wigan, uh, Jackson Hastings from Wigan, Harry O'Kane, Henry O'Kane, Tyrone Peachy from Gold Coast Titans, uh, Stafford Toll from the Knights, Brandon Timoth, Junior Tupo, and Api Salomi Sakuru. Sorry. 2022 losses, Michael Cheekham, Joey Leilua, Moses Mbai, Russell Packer, and Billy Walters. Literally one of my favourite things about this podcast is watching Adam pronounce these guys' names. Oh, my God. Um, not saying I'm better, but yeah. Okay. My team for these guys. I've got Dane Laurie at fullback, obviously. Um, David Nofaluma and Tommy Talao on the wings. 
Ooh. Oliver Gildart and James Robertson, the centers. Um, their first round will be with Hastings at six and Brooks at seven, but I think their best task pairing is Dewey at six and Hastings at seven. Agreed. I don't see... I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I've got Stefano Utukumano on the front row with Jake Simkin at hooker, James Tarmo, um, Luciano Leilua in the second row with Luke Garner and Alex Twile at lock. I rate that full pack. I reckon it's very mobile. It's got size. It's got skill. I reckon it's pretty good. I've got Brooks at 14 with Alex Seyfart, Tyrone Peachy, and Joe Offerhand-Gowley on the bench. Wow. So, yeah, it's such a different team. This is great. So... I don't see Brooks being their best halfback anymore. And I really, no. and it's, I know I'm a Newcastle fan. There was like controversy about him signing with Newcastle. It's nothing to do with it. I really believe he needs to go somewhere new. Either it's England or a better roster or just set, field, set foot on the new training field with new people where he's not comfortable. I don't know. He just needs to go somewhere new and still my head in that they are digging their heels in or he's, I don't know. It's just still my head in. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Um, you forgot about Ken Mamalo or you don't want him? Don't want him. He's too slow. He drops the ball too much. He's rocks and diamonds. I prefer young. you got Nolfa Luma there. He doesn't drop a ball. Yeah, no, one I'm of just, the best just finishes asking. in the game. And young Tommy Talao, who's he's, he's got I love it how you potential. say, I don't want rocks and diamonds, but you put in James Roberts. That's brilliant. Um, so I got we Nolfa Luma. both of them in the team. I got Nolfa Luma and Mamalo on the wings and Gildart and Talao in the centres. Yeah, um, fair so enough. That's why I changed it. So my Fords, Udo Um, I went Thomas McCallie as the other starting prop uh, with Jacob Oof. Little as dummy half. Bye-bye, Captain. Yeah. Well, he didn't play very well last year. Uh, Luciano Leilua and Luke Garner in the second row with Tyrone Peachy at lock. Oh, 12. I love 12, I know. But he's oh. on the bench for me because he can come on at lock or at prop. So. Oh, he's an 80-minute player. Oh. Yeah, not for a while. Um, oh. Sean Bloor has to be on the bench. He's the best of the young. Oh forwards. no, I've got yeah. Sorry, he, he, he yeah he goes in there for offhand Gowie. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sean. Um, James Tamo, and that left the position left for me. And I went safe ass slash offhand Gowie slash Tulagi slash Musgrove. I don't care who they put in out of those four. <laughs> you, it, it'll come down to how well their prop or second row rotation I, is. Occur- I think happening. I said it before. But I can't believe they let go of Cheekham and you can get more of a run. Yeah, well, oh, Manly did this. That great. Um, I, I just think Tamo played every game last year starting prop. He's getting on. He's the captain, etc. But now's the time. Like, they're bringing Gildart and Hastings out from the UK. They're, they're, they're starting to take... I think they're trying, at least, to take that next step. You bring Dewey back into this squad as well. Um they're trying to take that next step. So I think part of that is these young guys need more minutes as starters as opposed to coming off the bench. I would like, I can't wait for the day you realise Taro Peachy is the best utility in the game at 14. I is, but someone needs to do Brooks' job. I I almost thought about putting Peachy at 5'8". And Hastings well, at half. I noticed you missed out on the foot halves when you noticed that. No, I did the same. I said the same as you, Hastings and Brooks. I hate it. Oh, but. and then Dewey at six when, and then Brooks there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'd do it's the same not, thing. It's not that different. To, I think an unknown this year will be Dip Gildart. So, I don't My know 18th man, now. Simpkin, because him and Little just, I think they got like three weeks in a row each last year and they just yeah, kept switching them. So, um, But yeah, Gildart's the unknown. Um, great highlights. I went, I actually had a quick squiz at his highlights this afternoon. Fantastic highlights. He's not the biggest oh, yeah. guy on He's not He's the biggest guy. Watch. He's quick, he's agile, he's um he's very strong for his size. I'll give him that too. Rock rocks off it, but he's not physically like you don't walk on the field and go, holy crap, look at that bloke. 100 percent they'll but, put him next to inside Nofaluma. Oh, it'd be a great combination. Um, but big question, when was the last time an outside back as a pom done well in Australia? Yeah, I know, that's the thing. <laughs> and uh, you've got you've got one at Newcastle this year. We'll see if he gets a crack. We've got two. Two, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, Actually, yeah, one, I, one's going to play for Jamaica in the World Cup. Represent. Me, represent. If, if I want my Tigers, if I'm a Tigers fan, if I want I want them to show that, all right, we, we're taking a step. We want to put our best team on the field. Tamo's a great leader, but these young guys are better players than him now. So he needs to be coming off the bench. Um, Leilu is there only what, for another season. Did that Cowboys one end up getting signed off? I can't even remember now. There's been so yeah, much it going has. on. Yeah, cool. So, Bloor will probably come into there next year anyway. Um, Peachy and Twile, like, I know how good Peachy is as a, as a utility, but in this entire squad, he's probably the most all-round skilled player. And oh, yeah. he needs to be on for the Tigers. Oh, look, I, I just think he needs, he just needs to be on the field the whole time. Last year, the Tigers' biggest thing they were missing was X Factor, and they brought Hastings in. Uh, they brought Gildard in for that reason as well. But those two get I'd covered. Say defense, in the, but anyway, those oh, well, look, we can't just pick on everything. Um, I just think that yeah, fuck you, you lost my train of thought. So in the first 20, 20 half an hour, when they cover. You know, Gildart, Dewey, Hastings, Roberts, which, you know, they can. They did it last. Every team did mm-hmm. it last year to them. Bring in someone like Peachy who's just going to do, oh, traditionally buy the book, everyone does this. And there's Peachy doing a fucking Ipswich Jets play and kicking it backwards yep. or something. like. And that's why Adam loves him. But that's why he should come off the bench because he's just going to do that thing no one wants him to do or no one expects him to do. 100%. And another thing about it is... He oh, put him on the edge, put Twilight Lock and put Garner on the bench. Well, so, nah, you need Garner on there. But this thing about him, the biggest key to him is when Justin Holbrook or... Well, when, 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 when Peachy's playing bad, they put restrictions on him. They put him into a game plan. Honestly, you just got to let him go on the field yep. and go, oh, that looks pretty. I'm going to run there. If he's afraid this- to make mistakes because he'll get dropped for it, yeah, he plays horrible. You've got to which take is a bad thing bad. because his coach is Michael Maguire. <laughs> yes, uh, bracket thirteen to sixteen. Have I used that enough? Nah, yeah, they're my last top four, bottom four. I didn't put Newcastle in there for that reason, but oh, yeah, Tigers are going to go in there. Bulldogs, Tigers, Bronco, Bulldogs, Broncos, Tigers, and someone else. Who we do? Knights. Maybe uh, I put the Knights there. Cowboys, Bulldogs. 
I don't Cowboys. even know what the Cowboys at low. I can't remember. I did. They're, they're, they're short. Jeez. All right. Um, all right. We finish off with the reigning premiers, Penrith Panthers. So they finished last year second on the ladder, only due to points differential, and beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the grand final. So can't go up. Can't, can't go up. Can only go down or stay the same. Yeah, so this is this is an easy one. So uh, again, oh sorry, Christian Crichton from the Bulldogs, Sean O'Sullivan from the Warriors, and then you've got Preston Ricky, Maverick Geyer, and Thomas Jenkins. Now the losses, and this can make some selections a little bit difficult with regards to bench and maybe backline. But Billy Burns to St George of the Warra, Matt Burton to the Bulldogs, Kurt Catewell to the Broncos, Tyrone May to Catalan, Paul Momorowski to the Roosters, Brent Naden to the Bulldogs, Savita Pangai to the Bulldogs. So you've got Momorowski, Naden, Burton, all gone. Um, Burton and Momorowski being mainstays in the back line last year. Brent Naden, Catewell and Tyrone May all had stints in there in a pinch. So you've lost a couple of starters and some backline depth. Yeah. How have we yeah. covered that? Well, it's covered. I, I found it very easy to make their team, to be honest. So I had Dylan what's Edwards. The, at what's the depth look like there? That's more my concern. Yeah. Well, see, I haven't looked at that too hard, but I've got Dylan Edwards at fullback with George Jennings and Brian Toto, but you can have Chris Robert Brian Jennings, you mean? Jennings. Oh, Robert Jennings. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. George plays at Melbourne. Um, and Toho on the wing. I am not letting Charlie stay and I wouldn't even let him in training camp. No. Um, I got Isaac Targo, who was always going to be the center moving forward for, for Pembroke, but Matt Burden was just doing so well in the last 18 months that they yeah. didn't put him in with Stephen Crichton. The other center, Luai and Clear in the centers, Fisher Harris, Coruscant and Leota up front with Martin, Kikau and Yo in the, um, back in the second, back row, sorry. That's yeah. pretty simple. That, that was easy. Uh, Spencer Lenny, um, Sean O'Sullivan's going to get the utility spot on the bench for me. Uh, Scott Sorrenton and Matt Eisenhoof. Okay. So we had a couple of differences, but only with regards to the bench, really. Yeah. So their back line's pretty straightforward, but it doesn't look on paper anywhere near as, well, not anywhere near, but it doesn't look as solid like you can just plug and play as it did last year to me um jennings we know uh has up and down weeks and like like weeks upon weeks uh isaac targo is going to get a decent crack obviously at the center Crichton's back to center after spending most of the second half of the season on the wing um but my concern with the back line is dylan edwards is injury prone um, Isaac Targo is an unknown commodity. So I'm looking through the rest of this depth. You got Christian Crichton, Charlie Staines, Jamin Salmon, Kurt Falls, who's a halfback, Sean O'Sullivan, who's a halfback, um, Taylor May, Suni Tavura, Taruva, and Tom Jenkins. So they've got four halves, one, two, five halves on their books. Um, not a hell of a lot of depth at center or wing that that's proven at NRL level. So that's, that would be kind of an interesting point there for the Panthers considering they had that depth last year. 
Um, yeah. Uh, the only change I had to my starting 13, I had Moses Leota written in. I changed that to Matt Eisenhuth. And so I have Fisher Harris and Eisenhuth starting at prop. And the reason for that, Fisher Harris plays 100 miles an hour and always has a rest. I want two props on the bench in Lenu and Leota. So when Fisher Harris and Eisenhuth come off, um, those two props go on. We know Fisher Harris is going to go straight back into prop, but then you get the flexibility of Eisenhuth, whether he goes back into prop or whether you want him in the back row or whether you want him to go in at lock. Um, the difference being if Leota starts, you've only got one designated out and out prop on the bench and you've got a three prop rotation and neither Lenu, Leota or Fisher Harris are going to play 80 minutes. So that's the only reason I made that change. So I've got two props on the bench, Leota and Lenu. I put Jermaine Hopgood, who's a back row lock. Uh, I really like his game. He didn't get a lot of game time last year, but I reckon he's he's kind of like a James Fisher Harris light in the way that he plays. Real hard nose, aggressive, gets in there, um, gets the work done. Really like how he plays. And I went Mitch Kenny at the 14. This is Coruscant's last season with Penrith and uh, before he moves to the West Tigers. His form has been up and down the last two years. And Mitch Kenny stepped in and done really well oh. in his place. And I, I just feel like this is a year where they're going to rotate the time on the field a bit more, similar to what Manly did with Finau and Coruscant before Coruscant left. Um, I, I just yeah. I just put O'Sullivan there because the way they play over the last however long has been Tyrone May or Matt Burden in the 14. Mm-hmm. Comes on and beats that fourth point of attack behind Luai Cleary and Yoke. Yeah, true. Um, so that's that's the reason I put O'Sullivan because, well, that's how man, uh, Pembroke have paid for the last two years when they've been successful. That's the only reason O'Sullivan. Mitch Kenny is a definitely a viable option. And you could put him and Hooker and Chorus out to play that way, definitely. Yeah. But I prefer Chorus out 80 minutes just because of his speed out of dummy half. He's the quickest, one of the quickest guys out of dummy half. And right now, with Josh Hodgson's form, he's probably the most creative out of dummy half, you know, maybe barring Harry Grant. Um, he's definitely more creative than Damian Cook. I think everyone can agree mm. with that. So that's what, and you could tell the difference when Coruscant was not playing to, with Pamela's attack and clear it as well. You can actually just see that yeah. tiny bit of, I don't know. They've also got to get used to him not being there at some point. They do, but it's the exact same situation I was blowing up about last year, Reese Walsh and Roger Tuovasa check. You put your best team on the field to win on that day. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times throughout the year Mitch Kenny's going to get a crack. He's currently, what, 20-gamer, 30-game player. Um, he's had, as far as I'm concerned, another season under Coruscant is going to be enough for an apprenticeship where he's going to get, I'd say, get at least 10, 12 games under his belt this year certain times. So I reckon, I reckon just because of how Pembroke have played last couple of years, O'Sullivan's going to be the number 14. Cool. Jared and I think he's a way better whole man. justification that actually made sense. Congratulations, Jared. I, I think he's a better player than Tyrone May as well. I know he's gone, but oh, Jesus, he's a better player than Tyrone May. 100%. Um, yeah, I'd Scott Sorensen as my 18th man as well. Uh, bracket for these guys. I've got him in the one to four still. 
Um, my only real concern, because we know how good they are as a team, they play as a team, is just that backline depth with the loss of Burton, Naden, uh, May, and who's the other one I'm missing? I said him just before. Oh, yeah. uh, Momrowski. Yeah. Um, you never, you never wish injuries on any team or any players. It's just going to be interesting to see who comes in, who's the next, who's the next man in. Their forward depth, I'm not concerned about because players that we didn't mention, um, you got Eddie Blacker, uh, Chris Smith, Maverick Geyer, heard really good raps on. Uh, like I said, I had Scott Sorensen, 18th man. Uh, you got Lindsay Smith there as well. So maybe missing a little bit of creativity in the forwards if, say, Isaiah Yo goes down for a little bit. Um, but outside of that, they're still a very strong side. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're good. So I say, what next episode would be probably in inner city, Sydney. St. George, dogs, roosters, maybe? No, we've done dogs. Be oh, ra- George, rabbits, roosters. roosters. Um, have we got no, rabbits, we'll roosters, St- and, and Melbourne? So we get St. George and Cronulla together. Okay, because Wal wants us to do St. George, he wants to. Critique us for our sense. Of course, he does. Team. All right, <laughs> we'll give it a surprise then. Hopefully, we have another bunch of youngsters to look at from another club. Um, we have been in touch with a few. It's just obviously a very busy time for them. And I will admit selfish. to Canberra, I have been working. We've been playing phone tag for the last week and a half. So anyway, we'll keep trying our best. Um, yeah, check out T Public. Have a look at that stuff. Um, Remember our video, if you want to watch us rather than just listen, that pops up on Spotify usually a few hours after the normal episode. Until next week, bye. See you later. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.